0: Welcome to another episode of The Shifting Podcast. I'm Edward DeSalle, sitting here, as always, with Arthur Black.
1: I'm still in mourning at Chris Cornell, goddammit. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. It sucks. It's so cool. Yeah,
0: and the fact that he was just in town last week and I didn't go to the show. Yeah, last week. Yeah, no bueno. Mm. Uh, But, on a lighter note, we do have two incredible guests with us here. Um, Living, yeah. Yeah, so living. (laughs) We've got Cody Fagg and Isaac Arthur from Codo Design in
1: Indianapolis. Is that your last name, Arthur? It is. That's pretty awesome.
2: I agree, yeah.
1: But you don't ever see that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't no. know a lot of Arthurs, but I don't ever, I don't know if I've ever met like a last name Arthur. Brooke Arthur? Who the fuck's that? Wasn't she on the Golden Girls? Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you guys are all full of shit. You know.
0: You know what I'm talking about. But uh, these gentlemen here um, have just put out a book uh, called The Craft Beer Branding Guide. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, and recently you were in D.C. as well, right? We were, yeah. Yeah, so I'm promoting the book. We've got a lot of beer on the table here, which we all needed. It's a, uh, we're recording here on a Saturday afternoon. Best time to drink beer. Usually we're drinking wine or uh, spirits, but uh, today a little bit different uh, change of pace. Slumming it today. So yeah. uh, speaking thereof, what did you have to drink last night,
1: Arthur? I drank, um, a few different things, but what stands (laughs) out was, um, a bottle of white Priorat. Oh, nice. Which is way obscure. Uh, Priorat for the most part is, is by and large red wine country. And this was a white Priorat and you'll, if you're lucky, you'll see a little bit of rosé Priorat, which I had a little bit of last night as well. Um, but it's just awesome wine. It's very obscure. It's, it's Northeast of of Barcelona. Um, it's a wonderful place to visit, but you just pronounce that correctly. Barcelona, Bar- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: The Spain
1: Spanish, Sna- you know. snobby soms. Barcelona, okay. All right. Um it's a weird, like it's uh it's only about like six thousand acres. It's a really, really small area of production and it's all mountain towns of like a handful of different communes. And um the wines are gorgeous, but everybody there, and I have to believe it's from inbreeding, they're all really fucking ugly. Like, have you ever? And I don't fancy myself. Have we like, talked
0: about this before? Probably. Or, or would like, somebody else bring this exact thing up? I think.
1: He, maybe Priorat it is beautiful wine. <laughs> ugly fucking people. Like, <laughs> have you ever, you, you ever been in a place where, like, you just kind of after three or four days, you kind of turn around, you are like, everyone here is fucking ugly. And that's what it was. They, they all look like goat people. Um, and if they you're have,
0: in the Pierrot, please ignore yeah, all yeah. of you. Yeah. Right. Uh, I
1: don't think either of our guests are from Pierrot. Rate and review us on iTunes. Right, <laughs> right yeah.
0: Um, One star
1: from Spain. <laughs> fuck that guy. But it, <laughs> But it, everyone has cankles, you know, like no no ankles, just calved foot. And it's because they walk on mountains and shit. It's a really topographically extreme area. But anyways, that's what I drank last so top that Cody uh well <laughs>
3: yeah good luck <laughs> yeah um so we actually are drinking what I've been drinking pretty much for the last two weeks this is um it's a beer from a brewery here around town called Mashcraft my understanding is they started in Greenwood yeah. which is a suburb south of here but they recently opened a tap room around the corner from my place and they have this beer called Lil Bit which is a pale ale with galaxy hops in it from Australia and it is delicious it's very hoppy
2: I finished off that keg of center point red yesterday at lunch. We're going to have to get some more beer. And then, and then last night I drank a bunch of water. <laughs> because of yeah. my lunch. So yeah, uh, that's a lame answer, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I actually, um, well, I guess I'm with Arthur. I had wine yesterday. Um, no rum. Uh, I did actually have a little bit of rum. I, it was a taste of a bottle I bought. I was just, uh, recently in Chicago with a previous guest, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Petrick cocktail wonk. um, he, his wife, for her birthday, wanted to go see Hamilton, so they flew from Seattle to Chicago. I met him up there, and we drank a lot. So, um, but so while I was up there, I got a bottle. Uh, it was an independent bottling of a Hampton Estate 7-year-old um, rum from uh, the label is uh, Barrel Rum in its uh, first batch um, cast strength. So it's definitely up there, about 132 proof, I believe. Um, nice. I mean, it's one of my favorite distilleries as anybody that's listening to this 102, 132.
1: 132.
0: Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, Jesus. but it doesn't drink it. I mean, uh, Hamden's definitely funky. There's still, I mean, we went into it before and we'll do an episode on Jamaican rum at some point, but, uh, definitely full of funk. But yesterday I drank, uh, uh, Antilia from, uh, Sicily. Uh, just really nice citrusy, pineapple-y, tropical fruit. Um, it was, I believe the producer was, uh, Cosmano. Sicilia. Yeah, I, I love Sicilian wines. Um that's gonna be like one of these days when I get back to Italy i want to go down the uh the east coast of, of Sicily. I've only been down the west coast. So yeah, it was it was nice. But I did have a little bit of rum, but just a tasting. Of course, of course.
1: <laughs> All right, so what the hell are we talking about? What's going on? <laughs>
0: we who's are talking who, about beer branding here? today because
1: I think our guests are a little freaked out. Yeah. What, what the fuck's happening here?
0: Well, it should be mentioned that you know this is as uh, professional as we've ever felt as a, at a table. I wouldn't say as as far as on the microphones, but you're in a professional design firm's office. Yeah. This feels like a studio. We are we an a,
3: international design agency. We are.
0: It's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs> we've got so much beer on the table as well. There's like growlers, cans of beer, glasses of beer. Ignore the
2: fucked up carpet and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, the silverfish.
0: Oh. International uh, design. If, if a firm. silverfish crawls across this table, podcast is done. Burning.
2: <laughs> (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. close
3: early today.
0: But uh, you guys have really carved out a niche uh, in not only the state, but a nationwide. And you've been traveling a lot lately. I've seen uh, on social media um, because you've really kind of become the go-to guys for craft beer branding, and especially in this day and age, that's huge. I see new breweries. How anybody, do you know the I Arthur? Know how many. I think I saw a figure there was like what? 57 licenses out for t- 2017 for the Jesus. state of Indiana alone yeah. one, for new craft breweries.
2: 1.5 every day. That's uh, insane. Across the country. We're at 52 or 5,300 now. It'll probably be six within a year and a half. I mean, yeah, it's growing incredibly. How many, yeah. how
3: many different ones do you think we've touched, worked with
2: us? Um, yeah. the number's around 30. I don't know if it's 30 or 31 yet. Yeah. I, I kind of gave up counting. So how many in, in the state? In Indiana? I should know this. 150, 160. I've heard closing in on 200, but I don't know if that's yeah a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's a ton. I mean, the craft beer
0: sector is just growing in leaps and bounds. Obviously, there's a lot of room for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, craft beer accounts for such a small amount of overall beer sales in the United States. But you guys have really jumped in there. And like I said, you just released this uh, craft beer branding guide as well and have been talking to people and... You know, trying to get the word out, but I'm I'm curious as to uh, I mean your your process because you've done, you've worked with some really cool brands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Backbone Bourbon, uh, which includes the Bone Snapper Rye, and what's the new uh, higher proof? Old, old Bones. What's that? Old Bones. Old Bones. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and that's available at least in Indiana. I'm not sure how far that gets distributed out. Um, you've done with local restaurants you've done my restaurants, um, which, websites which, and which one branding, those? yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well you did, right. You didn't do all of them. You did, uh, a couple. real key to the website for black market. Um, and you're working on our new Tiki bar, the Inferno room. Um, which is uh, very cool, and so and soon to be neighbors, you're going to be taking the office space above the inferno
2: room. So. right. Yeah, we're going to leave this illustrious space, and we'll <laughs> and a little yeah. more grow, yeah. yeah, no more silverfish, but you'll be able to come downstairs and get tiki drinks. So. Yeah, the, the end of our company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: right. So, what was um what was the genesis of this book like? How did this come to be? We started working with breweries, uh, kind of by way of the city
2: market. Right. I mean, I'm trying to think of the history there, 2011,
3: 12. Our our break into this industry, we started out actually, um, strangely enough, working with a lot of nonprofits coming out of college. Um, Eventually, that got us in a situation where we were working with the Indianapolis City Market downtown, um, in downtown Indianapolis. They opened uh, upstairs in the market, uh, Tomlinson Taproom, which... It's basically a showcase for the state's craft breweries. So they'll have, they'll have beer from all over the state, and you can do growler fills there.
2: One of the only bars across the country that's owned by Brewer's Guild and features only Indiana craft brewed beer. So it's great oh, spot. that bar great. is owned by the Brewer's Guild. Yeah, in part. Yes. In part, okay. yeah, and the city market. But if you're – so, like, we've got folks coming in from Australia, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, after Memorial Day, and we're going to bring them there. I mean, it's a great showcase. You don't have to bounce around to 10 places, especially in Indianapolis when, like, on a Tuesday it's like, what's open – you can go there and, and catch some great beer. So. Yeah,
1: no, it's a cool place. It's a great spot. Yeah,
2: no, I love that place. I just didn't realize the Brewers Guild had uh, part ownership in them. That. That's yeah. really cool. And that was 11, 12? I mean, I guess it was established. Yeah, I remember the logo being 10 or whatever, yeah, yeah. but yeah, a while like back. And, yeah. And so that led to, I don't really understand how it happened. That, that led to the next brewery and the next brewery. And, and eventually, after working with a couple of breweries, we started realizing that a lot of people didn't realize what branding was. And so the genesis of this actual guide here was, after working with four or five breweries, we started writing just about what branding is. It's like really basic stuff that, that I mean, a lot of people know these things, but in this space, yeah, a lot of home, I, I don't remember if we were recording or not, but a lot of home brewers talk about opening a brewery and branding is kind of a surface level thing you do at the end. It's like, okay, we've got our, our brew house in place, everything's set up, shit, we need a logo. And, and that's a really bad way of thinking about it when you can come out of the gate with a great story and look and feel and actually brand your business brand well and that was
0: uh, I think a lot of us even in the restaurant industry we think about that in the beginning you you know the fun parts like oh, what would we call this place or yep. whatever which actually was is one of my nightmare <laughs> scenarios I hate thinking of the names of our, our businesses it's, it's just so difficult and it's a lot of debate all the time but um, even beyond that there's so much that goes into branding that I think isn't thought about like you think I, I need a logo Right? That's the number one thing you think of, and but you don't think about all the rest of the brand that goes into it, like the overall look, and maybe you can address that a little bit. I know we've been going through that a little bit lately mm-hmm. uh, with the Inferno Room, like what's the overall vibe and what does that look like? Because it all fits together as a puzzle.
2: I think even before you get to that point, I think especially in beer with so many competitors, like in a, in a small market, people need a story. and. and- that doesn't have to be a super dramatic thing, but you need to understand like what you're doing and why it's different from everyone else and why it's special. And people are now starting to understand what that is. And so when you understand what that story is and then what that looks like, then you can start to look at like, what does the tap room look like? What is the sort of fixtures and furniture and stuff we have in the place? I mean, it it all blends together, but that's something that now we're seeing a very savvy group of people coming to market. I, I think it's just the, the, across the board is raising, um,
1: how many times do you talk to a client or a brewery um that just has a really bad idea and you got to talk them out of it like that just sucks man i'm sorry dude like no no because you know like there are people out there who's like partners what what are you doing on <laughs> right, you're getting, getting another beer. You touching my shit. Right. Um, you know there are people that are out there whose like wives or husbands or partners like came up with a good idea and they think it's a good idea, but it's horrible like <laughs> i tasted a wine one time that was a sparkling wine in napa valley and it was made from cabernet and the guy <laughs> called it chabernet which is fucking horrible <laughs> so it was, it was like can you play. give me his contact yeah a play on champagne and cabernet and he called it chabernet and he thought it's fucking brilliant it's like no this is it, the name is as bad as your fucking product So like do you guys Sorry Chabernet guy Yeah Sorry guy
0: I'm not sorry I'm guessing he's not listening At the moment (laughs) I
3: I feel like Isaac's the guy To answer this question So I'll pass it to him In a second But it's not so much that um, We see a lot of bad ideas It's more a lot of Kind of bland ideas Like Mm -hmm. It kind of, when craft, when craft, he said, mm-hmm, he, while yeah. chugging his beer." Yeah, no, it's like he was like, like some kind of deep pain was being released from him. Um, it, it, it's because you know when craft beer started, I, I don't know if it would be considered first wave or second wave or whatever, but in the nineties, you opened a brewery, you had an amber, a pale ale, a porter a or, stout, or something yeah. like that, a porter or a stout, and that's like how you opened a brewery. You had those styles, and and we still today see a lot of that where people aren't really thinking about. The kind of beer they're going to make and what, what the kind of story that's going to tell.
1: Well, I mean, home brewing became legal in like what seventy eight, somewhere around there. Yeah. Seventy uh, seven or seventy eight, yeah, it was, it was Carter. I don't mm. know why it was one of Carter's uh, legacy mind, was like deregulating that, that he couldn't brewing. Brew at mm-hmm. home, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, something that always pisses me off about the beer industry is the, the ambiguous um, like utilization of terms like it. You know, blonde, ambers, mm. you know, like, I don't, you have your classic styles of beer, but there's a lot of gray area that people tend to abuse, and it just frustrates the shit out of me, just coming from someone who tries to appreciate beverage from an academic perspective. Yeah. I found that, like, personally, when I, and I can't use it for the staff,
0: because it gets, it drills down to some very deep levels, but... Um, if you really want to disseminate all of the ridiculous number of categories, uh, there's the BJCP, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. BJCP uh, app that you can download on your phone. That's like the um, judging uh, Mm. categories that they use at like the GABF and all that, the Great American Beer Festival in Colorado. And it gets pretty drilled down. There's like a couple hundred different styles
2: that I think listed I remember the number one sixty, but I that could be completely is that 160? out of my okay. ass. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's a lot, and we know that because like the TTB shit. Like you have to have it's mm-hmm. an ale lager, and then you have to list what it is. Have any of yeah. you guys
1: done any of the Cicerone shit? No, I want to did, do BJCP,
2: yeah. but I don't have the. Don't know, it's hard to get into yeah, it. Yeah, it's like well, or I could just it, drink beer and not worry seemed, about that. It, yeah. It's
1: just a money maker. It just seems like a joke. I mean, it's.
0: Well, yeah. we actually had a conversation about the Cicerone thing uh, last night, is that, you know, I, I'm i fully behind the the idea of it, but, you know, there's, I don't know, pedigree and history with the court of master sommeliers, and then, of course, uh, with, you know, the CW, MW programs. Like, they're well-respected. They've been around for a long time. They've been proven to be successful, and they're recognized, When whereas I think the I think most – People outside of the industry, um, a lot of our listeners included, would not know what that means. Like, if you say sommelier, I think most people are going to recognize Mm -hmm. what that term means. Mm -hmm. Wine director spells it out for you. Um, but. Yeah, when you start like I'm a cicerone, like what? What does that mean? I don't know what Ciccerone. that is. Cicerone, cicerone, right? Mm. I would much rather have that title. Huh? <laughs> just go around <laughs> and
2: tasting them all. Yeah, I want cicerone. We see uh, beer sommelier actually as a title more often because people don't know what cicerone is. Right. They're yeah. Are you, of, are you seeing that? Yeah, did, yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's kind of a that. weird stretch to me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, very but, weird, but it does but, make yeah. sense.
3: And that's. I mean, when when you say you get frustrated with how ambiguous a lot of those style names are, it's because it on the like you you if you take this very seriously and you train to taste beer and you learn about how it's made and you do all of that and that's what your life is you can categorize things and talk about the different flavors at a very very drilled down level but the problem is that a lot of breweries don't sell beer that way and they will label things kind of arbitrarily sometimes um, and so as a consumer that gets a little confusing
1: I think. Hmm. No, I mean, I, and I, I see that, and I'm all for like as a taster, you know, being able to, to lock into things and identify characteristics and, and and you know quantify whatever's in my glass. But just it, it it again, it just seems like it's a very gray kind of marketing area for, for, for breweries. Um, but what what are we drinking right now? Um, so this is the Lil Bit L I L B I T from
3: it's my uh, rap name. Yeah, what? Nothing. Yeah, it is a bad name because when I say little bit and in, in like when I'm ordering a growler at the counter in Mashcraft, I feel like a moron, like saying a little bit to another human being. And then they're like, what? What did you say? So it's not a great name, but it is a great beer, I think.
0: <laughs> it's like that bar on the south side called That Place. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm sure that sounded clever at some point yeah. when you were drunk at home. But like when you're like, where are mm-hmm. you going? That place. No, no, no. Where are you going? Like, it's not. Okay.
1: That's fine. Now it's even like wore yeah. off. Right. Exactly. Little bit's yeah. cool. that, that's kind of cool. That's that's.
0: Well, I mean, and uh, what, Lagunitas has the little something-something? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, this beer, it's like 4%. They they bill it as a session pale, and that's probably fair, although it's maybe a little bit hoppy to be a pale. But.
0: That does lead me into another question, though, that's been very much talked about in the media recently. Um, so when people come to, are coming to you, these breweries are coming to you, and say, hey – uh, I mean, I've, hopefully they're coming on early enough, and you're getting yeah. to them before it. It they you're fixing problems rather than you know helping the brand from the beginning. But I've seen a lot of uh, articles lately about just the terribly sexist and like misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, names. that's been a thing. Yeah, the beer. I mean, the naming yeah. of beers has gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, it's 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 almost like the cocktail scene where everybody's like just more focused on one-upping the last mm. guy than they are actually just putting something out there that's recognizable <laughs> Tried this ipa like, it's called vagina yeah i mean and there's <laughs> been some really bad ones and and have been incredibly offensive yes I uh and in northern indiana and chicagoland area and so i mean are they coming with those names and just saying here's what we're calling the beer or are you are, do you have input to say hey you guys really that's a Bad. Dial the idea. shit back,
2: right, right? Right. We've only once been in a position where, as a firm, it was, and it wasn't a dramatic thing either. No. I'm not going to name the brewery. I'm not going to name the state, but they wanted a name that was like borderline racist, and it wasn't racist in the like, and I, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like a, a, over the top way. It was yeah. just like, no, the history of that term is racist, and and. And we just said, well, you know, actually, I don't feel comfortable like putting Koto's name attached. Yeah, to that. yeah. So, could, right. so, so, rather than direct, like attack them like an asshole head on, we just say, you know, this doesn't really align with your messaging. We could do something. But it was, better, it was isn't it?
1: borderline, it was, but it
2: wasn't. Like, it was. Ena-
3: it was enough where yeah. we wouldn't put it on our website. And when it's that point, it's like, maybe you know, we should talk to them because ultimately, it's doing them a favor because like someone's gonna get pissed off at you with this, man. Like, so
1: was it like calling a spade a spade? Which I didn't think that was a racial thing and i don't think really? it is now i think it's a racial no problem. no it's, it's fucking it's not and i almost got into a fight i don't know i mean, I mean
0: like, let's call into away with words this is saturday are they are they on the air right now one, like um, I think we can call in away with words on npr i, I, I was i, I said that one on time air, i
1: was in a group of people and i was like i call shit as it is like i you know call fate is paid and some dude was like what whoa!" whoa and like like Got fucking crazy, and um, he, he was calling me a racist. I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude? I mean, it's a fucking card, spade, spade, it, it's a spade." And uh, no, it, it didn't end up well. It, it went really, really, really. I think a lot of south. those things get lost, and after
0: a hundred years, and people don't know realize right. where they come from. I mean, it's <laughs> boy, this took a weird turn, but <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah. So, have you guys ever heard? <laughs> I have a question. So, uh, generationally, so. Have you guys ever heard? Growing up, my mom was always like, "Oh, you know, look at her. How much all those jewelry she's wearing. She must have buku dollars." Oh yeah, and and I never really like put that together where that came from. And I I never heard anybody younger say that. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother didn't say that.
1: Oh, you tell me, buku dollars is
0: racist? No, it's not racist. But do you know where they got adopted from? No, that generation is the Vietnam generation. Uh, Buku was the word for a lot um, in Vietnamese. Um, and if you remember I Full Metal Jacket, there's the tubuku, tubuku. Sure. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that at all. Right, but and and it took a long time for me to like kind of put that together. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, I have never heard this from anybody but my parents' generation. Um, you know, and growing up, I heard that a lot from my mother and father. And finally, when I started really getting into uh, the Vietnam War history, it I ran across that a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> well, hold on a second. Like this, I've never heard it repeated. Anyways, that was totally uh, off track, had, but, um, but that semantics.
1: Like, it's, it's a rite of passage, like uh, when you get to a certain age and you start watching, like, History Channel. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah. You pay attention to, oh, like, God, Vietnam and World We're War old, II. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to watch Saving Private Ryan because I care. This is fucking, so it's this scary. is Saturday
0: afternoon. Last night I called Arthur <laughs> at, like, what, like, midnight probably? I don't know. Maybe a little earlier, and I was like... Hey, man, uh, what's up? He's like, no, what's going on, man? I'm like, are you just chilling at home? And he's like, oh, what? You're going to chill at home? I'm like, no, 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 I'm at work. What are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm chilling at home. I'm like, Friday night. Yep, we got old. <laughs> yeah. Fucking old, man. All right. So what what were we talking about? <laughs> that, that, we were talking yeah, about the, the, me, the, how involved they get into the naming process me, of, of beers and such like that. Let so. me
2: touch on the offensive thing. Um, after working with enough... Breweries and just people. I don't think I've never once met someone that like sat down and said, you know, we're gonna do something that's offensive and like bad, like bad to women and and whatever. I think people just the way like say these mics are off and we're just bullshitting. That happens, and then like, oh, that's a funny name. Let's use that, and then you don't realize, uh, you know, we don't want to talk about the history of a word or or language. It's just no, a name might make it to the forefront that is you know sexist or racist or whatever. And I, I I don't know what. I don't think there needs to be a governing body overwatching it, but I think people need to just kind of put it through a filter outside of their own. Like, our, right, our yeah. brewery here, of like maybe a small brewery is like yeah. three or four people. So, are you, you know, guys or, working
0: as that filter?
2: Oh, I guess was well, my question. Well, well, when we work with people, we are, but a lot of breweries don't have that at all. Right. You know, a lot of breweries are just, it's three dudes, and right. they're, yeah, big titty IPA, great, that's funny. Like, <laughs> let's just let's yeah, bring it yeah. to market. And well, it's no, like, well, that's okay, true, so, though. I like, like it. Three Three Floyds had the Big Titty Assassin. Big Titty, two Ds. That's right, yeah. Which, the, of course, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah and, and they- Great beer, weird one, name. Re, yeah, well, Three Floyds, so yeah. yeah right, yeah. <laughs> For those of you outside
0: Indiana, sorry, you can't get Three Floyds. Yeah. It's like a commodity beer. You take the, You travel out to the West Coast of Three Floyd, you can trade some for some good beer. <laughs> oh yeah, like, it, it, I, yeah. It's very special, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I sent some back with uh, Matt Petrick last week. I was like, I bought him a six pack at Alpha <sighs> King. I'm like, just take this back to the West Coast. Somebody will give you something nice for it. <laughs> like it anywhere <laughs> here, it's yeah. Pretty
1: cool phenomena, though. I mean, like the the place, the brewery is an awesome place to visit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in Northern Indiana and you know on your way to Chicago or something like that, stop in. I mean, it's you know. Got, they've got some really cool food, and it's just very it's very interesting. They're
0: also, uh, to tie that together with Three Floyds, um, they have commissioned a tiki mug build for their tap room uh, by Monk Tiki um, that is apparently uh, some sort of a familial connection to Indiana, so he's doing this uh, cool sculpt and mug for Barnaby and the guys up at Three Floyds, um, which will be kind of neat. It is a cool brewery. But so I I really want to get back to this guy because it's pretty heavy duty. And I know there's not a lot of info out there. um, And there's a lot of people that do want to jump into this. Like Mm -hmm. every home brewer I know, that's their ultimate goal. I mean, I hear this so often. And right now we are seeing a craft brew explosion nationwide and very particularly in Indiana. And I know that in a previous um, podcast episode that we did with uh, Josh and Jake Mm -hmm. at Central State, um we talked about the you know how serious that's becoming like in in the midwest particularly this is becoming kind of ground zero we have so many breweries here the quality is being raised significantly we haven't really seen a coal right like i mean there's so many breweries opening and they're not shutting down because of poor product what's actually happening is the opposite is that everyone's like the rising tide everyone's kind of reaching to keep getting better and better and better and that's great
2: it's but we do have a ton of breweries you were talking about styles earlier, and I think one thing we've seen in our travels because we're very traveled—you know, going to Illinois and Tennessee regularly—you
1: <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're we'll, we'll, <laughs> very fluent. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're
2: we're really fancy, but I think what you see because you'll hit on a trip. We'll go to like three or four breweries, and you see beer that's just not remarkable at all. And that's not a snob thing. It's just it's we always say you know it's beer. It's in a glass. Like there's nothing fancy about it. And, but, but you'll meet people that are sitting there uh, down the bar from me and like, this is the best goddamn thing I've ever had in my life because they, they've just switched from Miller, which is fantastic. Like it's, it's, it's awesome that they're, but there's not, I don't think there's a deeper understanding yet, uh, which, which I think is lending a lot of room to the growth in this market. People are getting even kind of your, what do they call it? Your, uh your converter beers you know mm-hmm. like your your cream ale or whatever that's mm-hmm. akin to whatever a, a market mass lager would be and people think it's amazing and that's fine but i think that leads to a lot of the, the growth that we're seeing and i think that jay could probably talk more about this you know kind of the bell curve and and where everyone falls as far as the where, where they're buying what they're drinking but i don't even know what we're talking about right now but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah but i mean so that's as a, a brewer comes into this i mean would you like <laughs> would we'll say you? it nine more times I know
0: that we've started off the last two places we've done we started off with you like all right let's start figuring out who we are and what our story is mm-hmm. and you know and distill that down and I'm not good at doing that but I like to work with with companies like you or interior designers like that that can actually yeah. translate things that I maybe can't articulate but you know once I get to know somebody it's a little bit easier I mean is that do you recommend people that are actually looking to do that, to sit down and find themselves a nice uh, branding firm to do that right off the bat. I mean, is that first step for you guys? Or?
2: I wouldn't say very first step, but earlier than a lot of people do. Uh, I think I said it earlier, but branding has in the past been viewed as kind of a last minute surface level thing. And and I, I mean, we're working with people that are before we even go to a bank, you know, to get funding, or before we go to our family and friends to try and raise capital, like if we if we have a story, we understand what's special, and it depends on your larger market too. If we're opening in a market with thirty other breweries, we need to have a badass story. Or even if we're opening somewhere, like looking at the growth, like we work with folks in kind of the middle of nowhere, like outskirts of larger cities, that know that oh, if we have a killer story. We can we can blow this out of the water. Um, I think that if you get in earlier that's just one more thing off your list and you can focus on okay well now we have to open a brewery we have to pour concrete and we have to get licenses and we right. all this other shit that that has to happen this is this is an important step but it's just a step like it's not it's not everything i feel like um, the word branding is can be a turnoff to
0: a lot of us cuz i mean yeah. you know we're independent we feel like you know we we can do this on our own because we've got our story to tell and we're going to be the ones to tell it and I've learned so much over the last 10 years that uh, that's not something to ignore. It's not something you can do on your own unless that's what you've done in a previous life.
1: No, it's reality, man. Yeah. I mean, you, if you have a... People shop
0: by labels. They shop... I mean, not only that, but the interior. I mean, you guys are helping to design the interior of, of tap rooms and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff across the board. We've got a few photos that will be up on our Instagram feed of like just some of the mood boards they have sitting here uh, in this office uh, here. And, I mean, there's a lot of the work you've done. I mean, I see beer cans all over the place from – or, uh, cunts. From, that's not <laughs> at all what I meant yeah. to say. None yeah. of our clients are cunts. Uh. No, 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 no. They're, they're fantastic people. I, I would saying from all over the country, we need Jesus, to stop Ed. drinking beer. Jesus. You need to stop drinking Apparently, I do. We're goddamn professionals. From all over the country, you know, um, and you've got uh, – I see bourbon up on the shelf. Mm-hmm. We see rye, all that. So, I mean – cunts
1: <laughs> we don't see everywhere. that everywhere that, that's yeah. <laughs> that's bound uh, this is what happens when we drink this early in the morning uh, branding is important i mean it, it, you you, it ultimately, you want to deliver a high-end product um you want to stand behind it but you know if you want to survive i'm sorry you you have to market yourself and that's a very very realistic thing and I mean, I can speak to that from uh, the the wine and the spirits mm-hmm. uh, position and then selling wine and spirits, like, you know, especially like, you know, accolades and points. And I mean, I fucking hate points, you know, 91, 94, 95. But they sell wine. The fuck. They yeah. But they do sell wine. So whenever I'm talking to people and we're, we're talking about, you know, the, selling them wine that would be appropriate for the beverage program. It's like, hey, so you know, it got a 93 or whatever. Some people give a shit about that, I don't. I just taste what's in the glass and I speak to what's in the glass. But, on the floor, when you're actually selling people and and you're engaging consumers, people care about that shit. Branding's important. Or they want to pretend like
2: they know and care. Yeah, even if they don't know, it's a frame of reference. Yeah, I mean, we we see that in definitely more in wine, but Mm -hmm. in beer too, people still talk about awards and awards don't really mean. Right. I mean. I'm and not so a brewery so it's easy for me to say but sure. yeah I mean as, as someone that drinks a lot of beer and I've had beer that's won awards like, well okay I mean what, it just means what, it's like true like to major, style like major award
1: body out there like in spirits you've got like the San Francisco GABF yeah, probably yeah Great American Beer Fest okay. that's huge
2: and not taken away because like there are breweries here in town that have Clean house, but like but 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 well, yeah. right. well, yeah, yeah, and, and it's b- because beer, really beer always beer. brings home a dozen. But I mean, it, I think what that means, and, and there are more qualified people out there who talk about this to me. But you just make a beer true to style. Like I think that's what that means. It's like, not... It, this yeah, right. The, because a lot
3: of the judgment is does the flavor profile, the body, the color, all of that match yeah. what the style is supposed to accomplish. Yeah. So it's less subjective than you would think at that level.
0: So once somebody's these one of these brewers has decided, okay, we're we're going to work with a firm like Kodo, or we're going to pick up the book or whatever i mean how do you guys personally and i've gone through this with you several times and um the reason i like working with you is you work very much similarly to the way my interior designer works because um, i can't always articulate what it is that i yeah. need so how do you go about like really drawing that information out Not because you know those of us out here that need your services um have no idea I don't know how to brand stuff I don't know how to communicate especially in those beginning phases maybe you don't know how to flesh that out like well we kind of want to do this and we also kind of want to do that we kind of want to do that like what's your process
2: look like? This is a more rigid word than it probably should be but it starts with research which can be as simple as we drink beer and talk or it can be we look at your competitors or we look at like all your food and it's just, we try to learn as much as we can about you and what makes you special and different from your competition. And then uh, before we ever get to any actual, like, sketching logos and stuff, like, we're, you're not going to see, like, let's let's say we're doing a brand identity. So we're, we're going to be doing packaging and branding for you. You're not going to see that for four or six weeks after starting, you know, because we're, we're, we're spending as much time as we can learning kind of the, what are the parameters of this project, what, what – a question – we're always trying to figure out how to make our questions and, like, that kick off better, but, like, a question of what messaging should we avoid? You know, like, should we be too hoity-toity or should we be – we don't want to look rustic. These are dumb examples, but that's an important idea because you're trying to kind of no, put your benchmarks of what is out there. What do we do? What is special? And then, then we kind of have like a more corralled area to explore. It's a weird metaphor. Uh, you know, then just like, well, let's just kick off and start sketching logos and we'll present you 20 ideas here in two weeks. And that's, that's kind of just throwing shit up on a wall and seeing what, what, what you're going to like versus what we think works well and what you like. Cause there's a balance there. So, it's a lot of research and trying to build rapport more than just diving into visuals.
1: Do you always put emphasis on your name like I am Isaac Arthur <laughs> when you introduce yourself to new clients? Because that's, that's a really smart sounding name. I mean, you, Is it? You, you You sound very smart fuck that's awesome I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah
2: no i am I, that's great
3: to hear i am really smart uh no, it is a good name. Yeah, it's, no it's got I'm, that great two first names
2: yeah, yeah some, no, two I've syllables always, per i've always been self-conscious about it i like this well yeah.
3: you know one of the things in the book is is the kind of the different aspects of a good name and i would say you know it's one, what, what
0: are some good aspects of a good name
3: uh, does it it, it it does it this is really subjective but everybody kind of knows what it is. is when you say it does it feel right in your mouth, right? Like so mm-hmm. Isaac Arthur <laughs> feels great in your mouth.
1: Right. It feels great in there. It feels good in your Fits mouth. in there.
2: Yeah. Um, the I wish I could Yeah, I mean does it have a ring to name? it? I mean I follow yeah. what you're saying. But, but, does it have a yeah, ring to yeah, that, it? Yeah, yeah. No, number 1, it should it, let's talk about beer cuz it's easier. It should be reflective of your differentiator. Mm-hmm. I think I said that right. Yep. It should tell your story. It should hint at your story at the first the first time you hear it. However, in this space, you, we, we've talked a lot about like how many breweries there are. Those breweries are also making beer and trademarking those names. One of the the, the biggest services we offer to people is just naming, whether we're naming a brewery or a beer itself. Because there's, it's, I think there's a great article on NPR a couple of years ago about how beer names are running out. Like you, it's very litigious. People are seeing C and Ds and stuff. Sun King dealt with it a couple of years ago. Was it Super Clipper? Season Desist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, or oh, I that's mean, right. Big, Sun big King Lug.
0: Brewery. They did it with the uh, Indians Lager, right? Yeah, we've think had so. a couple
3: clients. Uh, a couple of clients have been like Great Divide gave them, you know, because we had Barn Yeti for Four Fifty North, <laughs> and uh, uh, I think Great Divide has a Yeti Oatmeal Stout or something. So they okay. had to change it to Barn Beast or some other name that wasn't as cool because Great Divide has Yeti. Uh, we worked with another brew pub here in town called Big Lug, and they were originally wanting to be called Haas, H O S S. Great Divide also has a beer called Haas. <laughs> so we masters, had to figure out. Yeah. You know, oh. So that's why they're named Big Lug now. Damn, instead of Great Haas. Divide's got everything. Well, I mean, they they're good <laughs> the thing is, too, like, yeah. yeah, like they, yeah. they were ahead of the curve on this branding stuff, and they thought about their names, you know, fifteen years ago, and right. that's why they yeah, are. Yeah, they've what been they around for <laughs> a
2: while. Great beer. Yeah, and it, it yeah. is really yeah. good. Product. And they, they and they were courteous, but they were courteous in saying no. You can't use that name. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, all right, whatever. And then but, it
3: becomes a matter of, well, you know what? We barely have enough resources to do what we're doing now, so we absolutely can't well, go to court with that, Great Divide that, that's or a, do anything. That's a that. that.
2: classic crapier story. That that's like uh, Dogfish Head fighting InBev or whoever it was back in the day. I mean, you just can't fight them because they have like the 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 story there is they have so much money. It's like I don't even like want to fight to play. Kind yeah, of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of just like flexing on someone and saying, well, I guess I can't fight you because i'm gonna have to pay 250 grand even if i'm gonna win i'm gonna lose you know so you have to change your name and uh so so as far as names unfortunately availability needs to be the most important one when coming i think that's where we are Uh, i I think i'm i think i'm on track again When, when developing a name uh so available free to be trademarked like actually free and clear uh, reflective of your differentiator, and yeah, I mean, you talk about mouthfeel feel and uh, how good it feels in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but a name uh, a name that's just <laughs> it really... sounds a lot
0: dirtier coming out of your mouth than it does his.
2: <laughs> well, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: maybe
3: in the, the second or third listen, it'll start to sound dirty on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, just the second or third beer. Last name Fake. Yeah, F is in Frank. F is in Frank, so I don't have to spell out <laughs> my name as it goes. What? What? You've got a good editor or whatever. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever.
1: All right. Walk away. Cody grew up fighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's t- you you want
3: to yeah, have a middle name like that and girl
2: like, name Sue
3: in sixth grade. You, <laughs> you, you just don't. Tough bastard. Yeah.
2: And that's all that, that goes in a good and crappier name.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you take that same approach? Cause then you've also worked with spirits brands mm-hmm. as well. Um, have you worked with anybody outside of uh, uh i don't even know who the parent company are we, are we just saying bill kennedy bk yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. bk bill everybody and calls Noland, bk yeah. bk is great uh that's backbone bourbon bone snapper rye um, i grew
1: up with a kid whose nickname was bones Yeah, I actually have a good friend named Bones as well. He would break into houses and just kick the door open. I was going to ask if he
2: was alive, because I'm guessing a guy named Bones,
1: 25, 24. So
2: the
0: guy named Bones actually is a blues musician, so it fits a little bit more. No,
1: no, this guy would like, you know, breaking and entering, he would kicked the door in and people called him Bones Skeleton Key ah nice <laughs> that's a cool nickname that yeah. is a cool nickname I need that but when you're going
0: into, into spirits that's a whole different story uh, I feel like you know when you're looking at branding uh, for beer you can be a little more whimsical in a lot of ways yeah. I mean I, I feel like a, a lot of breweries have really gone off the deep end on some of the uh, like hard to read whimsical labels and cans that we're seeing out there for sure but you know that's because they're not working with you guys they're they're not working with the appropriate branding company you
2: guys could probably speak more to this than us you're going to get the
0: bump I, I, now this is going to be huge the shift drink bump and we're going to take 10 yes. right off the top yep. oh,
2: Yeah, hell <laughs> yeah sales commission we'll just put it right to rent uh, <laughs> yeah. you know again you guys could probably speak more to this than us but i we see more just outright fabrication of story in, in liquor because you know like we have the same yeah we have the same 20 Bottles of bourbon come from the same plant. And so we're just gonna completely fabricate a story. And beer, I mean, there, there's some stretching of the truth and there's some fibbing, but but very often, especially if you're working with like a firm, you know, we're not just fabricating shit. Like we're trying to figure out like a lot of people come to us and they're kind of they're kind of shy about this. Like we don't know what makes us special. Like that's right. that's the majority of what we do is we're just three people that want to
0: start a brewery. Well, like this this beer that we've just popped up in here, Daredevil. I mean, uh, one of the founders and mm-hmm. a friend of mine, Michael, you know, was a chemist for Lily. For- mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever, mm-hmm. I think he just quit his job two two weeks or two years ago. Really? Oh yeah, I was yeah gonna he say, was still, was still actually, ago, Yeah, no, yeah, he was still working still uh, for Eli Lilly, uh, pharmaceutical company, wh- while he was running a brewery.
2: I'm glad he quit because yeah. this is one of my favorite. beers. I, I, beer. I do love it.
0: It's a great beer, as well. But um, yeah, you're right. There, there's. I think there tends to be a little bit more of a story mm-hmm. behind the beers than you're right because. Um, Backbone and they make no, they do not hide anything about it like some of the other companies yeah. out there that have Backbone, Bone snappers coming from, uh, what are they calling themselves now? MGP. MGP right? Yeah, it's not right. LDI anymore. Used to be Lawrenceburg Distillers. Yeah. Now it's, what's the MGP to stand for? Makes good <laughs> products. Product. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is more reflection. Uh, uh, it man. was a previously, uh, uh, and for uh, our, <laughs> yeah. our big spirits geeks out there, they're going to know this already. Um, they produce a ton of spirits nationwide. A lot of the bourbons, whiskeys that you're getting by like um, your craft. Even your craftiest. Right, beer. exactly. Yeah. Even yep. coming out of, you know, with the out of Kentucky label, very often being distilled in um, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Indiana. That's right. It, it's huge. And there was a big thing. It was a, uh, who was it, Bullet? That yeah. was uh, getting from MGP, and I they got into a lot of trouble because of whistle, this.
2: Whistle Pig was Fake one.
0: backstory. Mm -hmm. um you know where it was like oh no it's all all distilled and crafted here and there was just a lot of ambiguity to their label
2: yeah that's Um, why you're like ninth generation great grandpappy made this during the depression or whatever yeah it's like well actually that's not true at all
0: or perhaps it was from an old seagram's plant (laughs) (laughs) which i thank
2: you Diageo. there there are more important things to worry about for sure but that's Fairly unethical because people are making buying decisions based on that stuff, and 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 I think you don't see it so much in beer. I mean, I guess you do actually because like if ABI buys buys well, a brewery, right. so and I mean, and continues. I mean, this, this, again, like I always, I, I don't really like this conversation very much because it's kind of boring. But when when <laughs> well, I mean, saying that because I have this conversation yeah, all the time. Gonna, we're like, going to talk about this. Don't worry, we're never going <laughs> to fucking post <laughs> this. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> this is just dead. Um, I mean, do, do you see do you see this at all in rum? I mean, especially like let's talk about the tiny plantations that you're like flipping out about now. That five ten years from now, I mean, are those going to sell or like what's going to happen there? And how does branding play mm. into those? I mean, because like if they if they're not now, I promise you they will. Maybe I mean question mark because Maybe. this is
3: what what is happening with breweries. You know, even yeah, some breweries that aren't huge and are really beloved in the craft beer scene are. Being purchased mm-hmm. by a conglomerate, a massive,
2: they fill some slot in their portfolio, or uh, it's carving out our business so what's we'll Yeah, I mean, just and,
1: just yeah. talk to Constellation. I mean, what exactly. have they bought in the past several years? I mean, They've there's bought, definitely yeah, moves. West, I mean, the, the big prisoner, three.
0: I mean, Campari, Pernod Ricard, and Diageo. Yeah. Tr- if they if you're doing well, you're going to become a target to be acquired. And I mean, I know that uh, Saint Lucia Distillers, which was just recently picked up by. Um, Sperrom, which is the company that has, you know, Rome Clement, Rome JM, a uh, much smaller company. But I know that there was they were there was some interest there. Plantation just bought West Indies Rum Distillery in Barbados, which also gives them 33% uh, control or 30% control. I'm not sure the number off the top of my head of um, Long Pond in Jamaica. Um, but there was also some really big players involved that were putting in offers for that as well. So there's definitely um, at, the better people do, the more um attention you're gonna attract. And I mean shit, Anheuser Busch, right? What what gets more American than Anheuser Busch? Except that it's Belgian.
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> the rinky dink brewery down your street is more American. <laughs> right. than as as a consumer or someone that just buys it and enjoys this stuff, have you um you named about a dozen places there. Have any any places that you're like obsessed with as far as distilleries go, have they been purchased by anyone? Um so
0: I wouldn't say obsessed, but with the biggest one that really puts out still solid product um, uh, would be Appleton Estate. Still makes great rum. Uh, they Not a lot of transparency in their process, but uh, no sugar added and all that. And still makes really uh, beautiful rum. Uh, parent company is J. Ray and Nephew. And then above them is Campari, uh, which is one of the big three that owns yeah, everything. Sure. Like, you know. I don't know what the stats are. Maybe Arthur does, but I I, I would imagine like it's got to be like ninety five percent of the liquor companies worldwide have to be owned by those three companies.
1: Yeah. When you get to that level, it's yeah, it's pretty like, high. Uh, something like Diageo. I mean, they. If you took the next three companies outside of them that are large and combined them, they would still not add up to Diageo. Right. So. They're the black helicopters of the right, uh, the beverage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the beverage Probably literally.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, They're we're talking, talking about SUVs, multi-billion-dollar, yeah, companies.
0: So what? Uh, what are brewers, or I mean, anybody? I guess this wanting to start out, you know, and obviously this doesn't apply only to out the alcohol world. Sure. We wanted to talk about that. Well, for one, that's what we do. Uh, but two because you put out this book and I I know you guys have been really promoting it you were just recently in DC for a conference craft brewers conference yeah craft brewers conference yep, so. in April
1: yeah uh, Josh was there from Central Brewing oh. uh, and Jake okay yeah. we met it was the last
2: day. We were really over trying to get out of town, but that that one guy from uh, I don't even remember the fucking brewery name, but he he wanted to meet. He texted me. Mm. He wanted to meet up to get the book for their marketing director, and he and we met him. And he's like, "Do you guys know the guys from Central State?" <laughs> we're like, "Yeah." Uh, oh yeah. We well know yeah. Those we're, guys. we're good friends with them. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, buddies. and he's like, he said, "I have a man crush on them." I was like, "That's a weird term, but all right." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so we met. Know, we met a brewery, a brewer from somewhere in the Carolinas. Uh, that was obsessed with what's happening here in Indiana. I haven't actually seen
0: you in a little while, and I know that I gave you some names and some people to look up while you were in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so we're recording on a Saturday here. This episode is going to be airing in about four or five days. Um, so I'm, <laughs> it's a weird time here because I'm flying to DC tomorrow morning, and by the time I get back, it'll actually be airing. So, yeah. so I'm really excited to go, and I was really, I'm, um, and I had a blast. <laughs> like <laughs> I, both, both apply to this statement right now. I had yeah. a great time yesterday. Key. I got yeah. back yesterday. It was amazing. But yeah, so my friend Dave Delaplane mm-hmm. uh, from Roofers Union, um, he's my beer guy there. He's an amazing dude. He's a good friend of mine. Um, unfortunately, he's out of town, but he's general manager at Roofers. And you guys didn't link up with him. And I talked to Dave last week. You fucked up. We fucked up by not asking for Dave because I talked to him last week. And I said, hey. Did my friends make it? And he goes, well, I think they did because they talked to somebody on my staff and I told them to keep an eye out um, for the guys from Coda Design. And he goes, uh, man, I had so much good stuff. He goes, I have a whole seller stuff of things that I don't put on the menu that I only offer to friends. And he goes, I would have loved to, for them to have tried some of that stuff. We Whoa. got we got
2: really drunk with our client from uh, Playa del Carmen, like assholes, yeah. and we didn't we didn't ask for the yeah. the owner. I
3: don't know, it, you know what? That place was hopping when we were there, and like oh, it's yeah, always I'm, hopping. I, I'm the kind of it's guy crazy, where like yeah. my my ego isn't big enough where I'll be like. Yes, we're from Kodo (laughs) Design, and we have a special. But those are friends. Those are friends. I understand that, but if you were there in the moment, you would understand. It's like the poor bartender; she's just trying to get her job done. Sure, sure, sure. Like I don't want to like interrupt her, make her stop. Like she's probably got twenty drinks memorized in her head that she has to go pour or whatever. It's like whatever. Just yeah, there. I love DC
0: scene though because it's so uh, it's so chill. You know, they, they just the all the bartenders feel like it's got such a midwestern vibe. Now, industry wise, obviously DC itself is a fucking what? Well, it's a swamp that's getting swampier. <laughs> um, but
2: <laughs> sludgier by the moment. Yeah. Check check, check uh, back in six months. It was
1: so a swamp. Fucking now we're just surreal. I know, man. What world are we in? This is like I I bizarre like world, 100 man. 100 plus days in, I'm still sitting there like. We'll fucking have, Trump is yeah, our goddamn we'll, we'll president. We'll have Pence as president here in yeah, six months. Right. <laughs> oh, but, um, but yeah, I,
2: I, I, I love the hospitality
0: there. And I, like I said, Dave has opened up his doors after closing time to let us in and have drinks and whatnot. And I'm very much looking forward, as Arthur and I have mentioned several times on the show, um, I'm going to be having drinks uh, perhaps all day at uh, Espita Mescalaria tomorrow so Um, awesome um, shout out to Megan Barnes but she uh, she actually messaged me on Facebook she's like well why don't we call it another all day affair like last time (laughs) like when I sit there from noon to 8pm I I don't intend to do that tomorrow but I am meeting up with uh, some friends Tracy Franklin um, just sent me a message a little while ago and supposed to meet up with her tomorrow night she's fantastic super involved in the scene there and um, but yeah the, the, the folks at Espita and then a few distributor friends that I know. And I'm really looking forward to kind of just hopping around. And, um, I was, I'm a little, a little disappointed. I found out that uh mockingbird Hill is, um, no longer a sherry bar and just doing their thing. And it was just, oh man, it was one of my favorite places ever. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I was in Chicago last week and the, um, so server at the office walking away from the sherry
1: program or
0: i'm not sure what's going on they're doing it's a Derek brown concept so he's like the rock star restaurateur of dc and everything he touches turns to gold and it's all amazing it's not just because you know he's got money behind it it's because he cares about quality and um they did the uh, if anybody saw the super mario bar pop up in dc over the <laughs> yeah. over the holidays what super fucking cool dude <laughs> Like, but he was. It was like a pop up inside their own place. So I don't know what the sherry program looks like anymore. What I loved about the place is when you could, when you walked (laughs) in. But I mean, yeah, it's like, (laughs) well, the the inferno room started off as a pop up. Yeah, yeah, it did. No, it did. But yeah, I mean, I walked in the first time and I was like, it just smells like you're drinking inside of a sherry cask. It is just, it's like humid. It smells like sherry. You've got wood everywhere. It's just, it was a beautiful bar. I love that place, but. And I'll probably hit Archipelago to get some tiki drinks. And we whatnot. went there. And so, we stopped in there. So yeah, um, but I'm That's glad so you guys enjoyed DC. But you should have uh, you should have hit up Dave. Dave would have hooked you up. We blew it. You blew it. But uh, how, <laughs> how? What was the reception of your book there at the craft? You said a craft brewers conference. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's terrible.
3: <clears throat> no, was it terrible? Again? Yeah. yeah they... <laughs> So one one yeah. take one, please. Take uh, one. We're, <laughs> right. we're out of business now. Actually, would
0: you like a pamphlet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Here, you
2: throw this away. No, yeah, right? Mean, yeah, it's like Vegas. Yeah, I,
3: I think part of the reason we dropped the ball at Rivers Union is just we were so exhausted from
2: <laughs> was running a four hangovers in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so chill, you're there for yeah. three or
3: four days. I mean, to their credit, it's a wonderfully run event. Um, yeah, specifically the the craft brewers conference. I was really impressed. Their their convention center in D.C. is like maybe three times the size of ours and, and they filled that thing up and that thing ran I mean you know like even down to dumb stuff like trash and whatever like they did an amazing job there but we had <laughs> oh man Oh man! got that like last little
0: sad <laughs> no, dribble
3: no, out no, of the grill
0: I, I watched
1: yeah. Isaac you knew
0: that growler was empty
1: before I you didn't. picked but it up he, I didn't. he poured out a can and it was like last drops and then he just reached and grabbed the growler and then like last drops like he's fucking depleted he's would you like to share my beer? I would. All right. <laughs> is there is
3: there any of the Centerpoint white left? There. Well, yeah. There's plenty. Okay. I'm cool. Try not to be
2: rude and get up.
3: And want no, no. I'm saying Cody. You had? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Send me in the middle when I'm talking. We had we had. Um, <laughs> oh, we, you're saying something. Because yeah. this is this was a partnership. This whole book, the whole reason it exists, um, we had released it online initially. Nina Paper, they're one of the best paper mills slash paper companies in the world, mm-hmm. probably designers know their name because you c- go through school, you get all their sample books and you feel it and it's an amazing product. Um, so we're shilling for Nina paper on your podcast. I'm sorry, but that's part of what this we're project is. Oh, cool. Like, I mean,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's what we do is, you know, I mean people that are doing quality stuff out there. Those guys had a whole,
3: what they called hospitality suites, which was just like, I don't know, it's maybe like a hundred by a hundred foot area that they cordon off and, and they schedule from two thirty to five. We're in there handing out these books, there's drinks, there's food. They're handing out samples of their paper and stuff to people, their label stocks and things that they want to kind of grow in their specialty printing area. And the whole time I'm handing out books. Sometimes people want us to sign the books, which – I kind of get because we're there and why wouldn't you do that but also like we who are we're, I right. felt really weird signing people's books cuz it's like yeah. listen man I I, I uh, okay yeah I'll do it but I don't know why you want this. Um,
1: Cody you got to man up like you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> NBC you're you're timid about talking to bartenders and being like hey I'm fucking Cody you know right, right, yeah. and you and start you, name like right. you're excuse me I'm Cody Fake and you've no, Blaine no, here just Cody I'm kind of a big deal yeah, yeah, you got a book and like <laughs> you're worried about Signing it? Like, you should be signing tits. Well, like, no, you no. Be I'm not, he, he did.
3: I'm not, yeah, yeah. no. I, I, I groupies, yeah, Design yeah. groupies. I signed, I signed Isaac's tits. It was mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was my third tit. Yeah, it was, it was always fun getting back to the hotel room with Isaac. But yeah. uh, Getting <laughs> <laughs> um, as much Pedialyte
2: as we can. <laughs> yeah,
3: like, I, I need to stress how quickly this project happened because yeah. they, they emailed us December. Hey, we want to print this book by the Crapier Festival, which let, was let, in March. Let,
2: let, let's actually back up further. Yeah. We don't want to make this boring, but so you asked. I think an hour ago about like how this shit happened. Right. Yeah. So, so we started writing just here's what branding is. Here's what positioning is. Here's how to name your brewery. We started writing like basically blog posts for uh, a popular industry blog called crap brewing business in 2014. Or for three years, to two, 2016, that math doesn't add up. But you know, for two and a half years or so, we we had written 30 or so pieces, just kind of like one on one stuff. Nothing really fancy about like how what is branding because people don't really know what this shit is in this space anyway. Around that time, I remember going to a bar downtown with like our whole team to like figure out like how can we just put this in like a one one stop shop, mm-hmm. like basically like put a book online, CraftBeerBrandingGuide.com. For anyone out there listening, <laughs> <laughs> that's called a plug. That's a plug right there. So, Shameless so, plug. So we took everything. All seven of you out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, hello, folks. Hi, <laughs> hey, mom and dad. Um, so so we 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 we, co- we gathered all of these things that we had written because they were basically like strewn out over the course of three years on this uh, this this third party website that we have no control over. So it's like, well, we've written all this shit. Like, how can we put it in a place where you can just send people? Um, and obviously there's a marketing angle to it. Like we're small business trying program. to get hired for, branding yeah, well, jobs, well obviously, but, but then also like we want people to understand this stuff. So we created a website that's just like a step-by-step guide. And again, you can't see that at craftbeerbrandingguide.com, but we, we published that it was, it, yeah, you talked about the timeline, how fast it was August 16 that launched the website, which is still live and still free and for everything for everyone out there. And then in late, uh, november slash december mm-hmm. nina reached out they were launching their new uh the new bella uh craft beer label line which is like fantastic label of a uh, or line of bottle labels uh and, like stock and they want to reach out and say hey can we can we just partner with you to, like publish this books so, well absolutely we can so we put together a plan for what that could look like what this website could look like as a book we just kind of like winged it because we didn't know what it would look like, and. and uh, they said, yeah, we had the green light, and so January, o- over our uh, our end of year break in January, we wrote we rewrote everything, and then in February, we designed it, March, we printed it, and then April, we were at Espita, as well, I remember saying, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and vaguely, and Church Key, and also the, the conference there in yep. uh, D.C., but...
0: I'm going to start, the need the start getting royalty payments for all the people no, that are sending yeah. to a speed yeah. I think you should. Yeah, place is the bomb, man. Or just like maybe like an open tab. Oh, yeah, I know. That place is amazing. But so I, I, as I've looked through this book, a lot of the things uh, that you have here printed, I mean, I feel like this is, this is the process. Like we've yeah. been through the process a couple of times with you. Um, is this... A book for sale? Or are you just handing this out? What What are you well, doing with here, this? here's the mistake because we, this is we, your secret. Yeah, so like yeah, Everything's we, in well, here. Yeah, yeah. We
2: we had. Uh, it was funny. We were. at Is there the like conference.
0: one piece of piece of information that you didn't include? Well, you like, know, listen. Like,
3: well,
2: like, no, because we're stupid.
3: What's but, missing yeah. from it is the skill set, and and you know, we've right. met we've met brewers who can design too. We we know restaurateurs who who have a really nice typographic eye. Like yeah. John over at La Margarita lays out his own menus. They look like an ad agency did it. They look fucking gorgeous and it's because he has an eye for that. Hi John. Hi, hi, John. Hello John. Uh, I love you. <laughs> Which is oh, the I'm location Carlos. where we re-
0: we recorded our uh, Mescal mm, episode Mezcal, with uh, yeah, Jay yeah. Trader? The whole yeah. point yeah. Uh,
3: the whole point of this guide <laughs> is that someone could navigate this and maybe never talk to us ever at all other than to say like we've gotten a few emails like we've gotten emails from other designers who said I use this as a tool now for my clients and we That's say cool. we say great because the yeah. problem isn't that there aren't enough breweries hiring Kodo Design the problem is there aren't enough breweries thinking about branding in general. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you execute it. Like, right. you, just needs, you need to find someone who has the right skill set, someone who went to art school, maybe someone who knows
2: how to knows form making and can execute this. Someone who spends 10 hours a day doing this shit. Right.
0: Do you feel like this book gives them just enough information to be danger enough to screw their own branding
2: up?
3: Still kind of experimental, maybe. Part, so, so maybe. <laughs> the, the, the caveat, I
2: remember just completely winging it at the conference, but the the caveat we gave was this is going to help you understand your positioning, your messaging, your your, your all of these different things that make you special. Are you going to be able to design your logo? That's a that's a specific set of you know th- that that's a special set of uh... skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, thank you. And I mean, should have never given you that other half the beer. You should <laughs> have put me over the edge. But but that. I mean, that isn't really the most important angle. The most important angle is understanding what makes you different. And then you can, I mean, if you understand all that, you can legitimately hire, I shouldn't say this, I guess, but you can hire a local freelance designer to make your logo. I mean, like you you don't need to spend a billion bucks on this. I mean, if you understand what you do, the role you play in your community, uh, what makes you different and special, you're already leaps and bounds ahead of like the other 30 breweries in your town.
0: You guys as a firm have not been around for that long, right?
2: Eight years in July.
0: Coming up on eight. Yep. And, I mean, I got linked up with you guys through, um, I think initially it would have been through Cody uh, with a now defunct uh, <laughs> magazine that lasted, I don't know, oh, four that. issues. We, yeah. we got three, three and a half. Three, 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 and three and a half. But I was part of the inaugural issue because I got to use my journalism degree you to write a little article. Did, for... oh, wait, wait, wait. I remember the title of it, In the Paw Page. I don't believe I named that article, though. <laughs> no,
3: you didn't. I, no, 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 it's, no, probably, no. it's probably one of the people that me.
2: named that?
0: I wrote okay. the article about pawpaws. I did not uh, name it. Um, but <laughs> but regardless, that, that was uh, the first time I kind of ran across you guys. and then um, But... Your name kind of became so prolific in the industry, uh, as far as the restaurant and bar industry. is like you've got to go to Kodo. Like they're the guys, they understand it. And after having gone through your process numerous times, um, you're able to kind of pull abstracts out, like your little questionnaire that you do. Like, yeah. uh, right, you ask some very weird questions. Like, uh, I, I mean, can you give me a couple of examples? I don't remember off the top of my head, but like some of the examples that you, or I'm sorry, some of the questions that you, you're asking those first really, early meetings. I mean, you,
3: you studied journalism, so you know the the process of interviewing someone is – you're not really – you don't want them to answer your question. You just want them to keep running their mouths. Right, like, Just yeah. to spill everything. Yeah. So we're, we're – a lot of our branding interviews are asking the same question from a lot of different angles. We might say, Yeah. you know, if I only gave you two or three words to describe what your project is, what – what would those words be? So the whole point there is to make it as reductive as possible. And and so there's an economy of thinking about those ideas. Um, Another one that's kind of fuzzier and sillier is like, if if this brewery or business were a person, who would it be? What would their personality traits be? You know, if it was a celebrity, does anyone pop to mind? That kind of thing, Um, which people have more fun with that, but sometimes they struggle with that too, is like, transforming this abstract idea of a business I have into like, you know, flesh and bone. What does that look like? So, so we try to take people through, all, I mean, really like we even kind of like, we get self-conscious about it in the middle of meetings and we say, well, some of these questions are going to overlap, but that is intentional too because we're just trying to get people to talk long enough that what they're saying is helpful to us from a creative perspective or from yeah, a brand yeah, new there's perspective. That, there's
2: that gap after that meeting and through that first presentation where we're just making sense of what we heard. I mean, right. we, like, we, we've got three or four folks in that first meeting as far as Kodo's side, and we're trying to figure out, well, what jumped out at all as being anything at all that we can grasp onto. And and to Cody's point, just kind of keeping our mouths shut through a lot of that conversation, mm-hmm. just letting people talk, you know, that, that kind of awkward silence of, you need to fill this right now. <laughs> right. And, and then we're going to write that down. And then it's a good thing out. Arthur and I aren't in branding. <laughs> there would be no
0: silence. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> Hello, Arthur. <laughs> yeah. That's how our. That's how all of our interviews go. It's like one week I'm fucking out of it,
1: and next week he is. And... Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea what's going on. Thank God I'm
0: not doing this. You know, next week or not next week. Tomorrow at Aspita. Oh no. I would love to if and Arthur could fly time. out because I I I really wanted to do. So I was just in Chicago last week. Not to derail the whole thing here as nah, we, we're as, as we yeah. wind down. Yeah, I know that we're we're winding down on time. <laughs> I'm leave, but, uh, you'll get
2: more beer from the keg.
0: <laughs> and but uh, yeah, I mean met Matt up there. Um, had a, a wonderful dinner at Monte Verde, which no surprise there. I found out that she's on Iron Chef Gauntlet right now. Which is Sarah Grunberg? Yeah. Uh, I don't nice watch season. the show, but uh, she just also won a James Beard Award, and it was hard to get in in the first place before all that. So. But amazing dinner. Um, Ended up hitting up Josh Davis at the Bureau Bar in South Loop. Josh is awesome. Um, He was kind of the um, patient zero of the whole uh, Antenna thing with the uh, Tales of the Cocktail and Blackface. And you can look that up on Josh's info uh, or on his social media. Uh, That was a dangerous bar to be at. But spent a lot of time at, uh, at Lost Lake with Paul McGee and... I definitely have to give a shout out to him. It was great to like attend a staff training with him, um, had a great time and left there and went over and uh, got to have a lot of drinks with uh, Kevin Berry from um, Three Dots and a Dash. So uh, the music scene on the weekends there gets a little like clubby. I like the Exotica and my Tiki bars a little bit more. And uh, But he was like, hey, come on to the back. So we went, got to go hang out in the um, kind of service well where the service bartenders were and I had a good time. Yeah, I mean it. From what I remember, it was a fantastic time. <laughs> you know? we, we
2: listened to a lot of weird exotica here. Do you? We, we, no, when we were branding your bar. Oh, right, uh, right, right, right it sounds on. like Coda Staple. Yeah, <laughs> weird exotica. It's fun. It's fun it it right? is it's bizarrely fun. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you a weird feeling of
3: <laughs> dread. Like, yeah, like yeah, like people from another world that existed at one point are imagining another world within their world and you're just kind of exposed to it like wow i have a really weird feeling about this i mean that's interesting because
0: that was a very um interesting position for myself and my business partner chris to be in uh when we came in with this tiki concept and we needed we needed we knew we needed branding right off the bat because we Mm -hmm. have a giant neon scene neon sign going right outside the building and we needed to get that on board right immediately plus we had holden at Tiki Farm designing mugs, so we needed to get branding moving immediately. But uh, I felt like I had to come in and really do like a whole class on tiki and all that. Which, believe me, it's not you're not you two aren't the first. um You know, it's like I think it's just so misunderstood, um, and that it, most people think of Florida tiki bars outside and there's like a little hut and you're on the beach and catch. yeah so um, i mean it was just like kind of going through and you know definitely using martin kate's smuggler's cove book which is you know one of the best books that's come out in recent years regarding the subject so um that was a weird dynamic you know to kind of teach before you teach us mm -hmm. you know like here's the info what do we need to do now but uh before we wrap up we always ask uh everybody the same question and um Maybe Arthur needs
1: the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to feed him some info. Are you here right yeah. now, yo? <laughs> well, I, I remember that I asked uh, what we drank last night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we got that established. Right. So that, 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 that
1: was an hour that ago. Done. Logos uh, and whatever, yeah. So this is uh, what is your favorite hangover cure question. I want to hear Cody's first.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. and that's
2: cody fag yeah. fag f as in frank fag fag <laughs> no.
3: I, I am i am 30 years old and i'm getting bullied on a podcast
1: <laughs> by your business partner yeah that's right <laughs> by
3: my business partner
1: hey man like i was called arty farty for a long time all right oh, so, that's cute oh right? shit do yeah. we
0: need to bring up the- <laughs> Uh-huh. The, the once-a-year uh, traditional Miami Rum Fest arty party. Ooh. Oh,
1: I remember that, too. Yeah, arty party. party, party, party the arty boy. party. Yeah. We're having an arty party. That was a good time. <laughs> um, but I, I could see how. This question applies to the, that right there, yeah. Cody Fag. Fag. <laughs> could be an issue growing up. So, anyway. He's tough.
0: Look at him. Um, yeah. You know, wasn't like old SNL skep- sketch when they were coming up with names? I think it was like Kevin Nealon. You it mean fake. Like, we can't name our kid that. Like, yeah, I like everybody's right. gonna call him Asswipe. It's like, no, it's Oswipe. Sweepe. Oh man, good luck to the editor of this.
3: <laughs>
2: Like nine minute Best blocks of, of silence, yeah. you know. I, and I yeah,
0: our know. producer Brad's gonna be like, "All right, you guys just got to lose the last forty five minutes <laughs> yeah. of that." No, no, it,
1: it's gonna be like a four and a half minute podcast. It's gonna be yeah, this is um, shift
2: drink and then silence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, like
3: uh, biscuits and gravy from anywhere, and I'm probably okay as a hangover food. That's that's my go to. That's solid. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. Uh, Biscuits and gravy does the job for me. Uh, for I mean, maybe, it doesn't do yeah. the hangover job. It does the, it satisfies the, that the,
2: food. The royal job. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
3: the overall job.
2: Oh, no, I have a regiment. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I, how about you? Uh, black coffee, a gallon of it. And, <laughs> uh, this is
1: Isaac so Arthur province. talking. <laughs> Arthur. Yeah, uh, you know Arthur. Mr. Um, Arthur. Yes, Isaac Hello. Arthur. Clear, clear the
3: way for Isaac Arthur.
1: Doesn't that sound smart? I
2: know that some people... I know it works for some and not for others, but uh, Pedialyte—I I do a lot of that before I go to bed. Well, if I—if—if—if if, if, yeah. if I can. Yeah. Well, and, and this is a recent development in my life. Uh, this is the last couple of years. Uh, before I go to bed, and or pass out, I slam as much of that as I can, and then and wake up at five, <laughs> S- question what? everything. Yeah. Slam as much. Pedi- no, this is natural. This isn't. A- you wake up at five a.m. If not earlier. Yeah. It's gross. No, that's called
0: still staying awake. You just. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's I, what, I don't what it know happens. what 5 a.m.
1: looks like at the beginning of the day. I know what it looks like at the end of the day. Go downstairs <laughs> and slam some shochu. Go back to bed. Oh, Yeah. I'm not worry. that cool.
2: Yeah, I'm just, like, grabbing coffee and water and, like, wishing I was It's actually it's not cool at all. It's, it's, <laughs> it's called alcoholism. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. but, functioning. High functioning. Not yeah. cool
0: at all. Functioning. Should have been listening to this last hour? I'm not sure how well we're functioning. <laughs> <Not even> functioning. <laughs> it's,
3: like, barely clearing the bar. Just, like, right, m- yeah.
2: bungling through life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. How about you, Ed?
0: Oh, I'm being asked. I mentioned it in a very early... Uh, podcast episode gosh i don't know if an episode two probably um i do i uh, my wife's a big gym rat and mm-hmm. so i got turned on to branch chain amino acids bcas sure um whenever i travel out of town i always take a baggie because i can't take her whole like giant like container yeah. of it yeah and i always <laughs> feel like one of these days fucking tsa is gonna be like excuse me sir what is this slightly green powder you have in a baggie
2: <laughs> you know? Don't worry, it's BCAAs.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, don't worry, it's branched amino acids. And I'm like, yeah, you look like you work out, um, <laughs> but uh, I snort this. Uh, I uh, no, I take that. Pounds. I always take B vitamins. I, I, as soon as I arrive to wherever I'm traveling to, which is typically when I really, really, really do it up. <laughs> and you're saying I had too much to drink? I was empty. Um, I, before I usually I, when I the, when I'm going hard, I'm usually out of town. And so whatever bed I'm in, like on the table right next door, I set or right next door, Jesus Christ, right next to the bed, I put my Advil. I put a giant glass of the, the amino acid, you Reaching know, mix right there. Like, yeah, I put like yeah. a quart of water there mixed all together. Uh, throw a little Pepto next to the table if I need it, you know. Bucket. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. And, you know, and so like I, I all, I'm the same way. I wake up earlier than I should, especially when I've been drinking, so... Um, I'll always set my alarm for about two hours earlier than I need to wake Mm -hmm. up, take the Advil, go back to sleep. And by the time that I get up from the time that I needed to, uh, headaches pretty much subsided. I feel hydrated and yeah, I might feel a little sluggish, but you know, the coffee does a lot more at that point than just trying to chug two pots of coffee and you know, still
2: having a pounding headache, but yet I'm still energetic. (laughs) That hour or two before you'd normally wake up is huge yeah. because you're gross and groggy anyway. But, yeah, it's a big difference because then Mm -hmm. when you officially wake up at eight or whatever. Yeah.
0: Food wise, I mean, you know, I'm not a big breakfast guy. So um, for me, it's more about hydration. Mm. I destroyed my cell phone in Chicago. I could not get hydrated. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I I did my whole regimen. Uh, We were staying in this beautiful Airbnb in Logan Square, and we had been everywhere. I mean, I started off at, like I said, Monteverde, then Bureau. I went to Spilt Milk. I went to Deadbolt. I think I made it to Money Gun. I'm not sure. We definitely made it to Lost Lake. Um, Back to Spilt Milk. And then, yeah, and then back to the place. And so the next morning, I literally filled up that court. Jar. I take a quart ball jar and then I fill up with water, and I drink four of those, mm-hmm. and not one time did I need to use the restroom. <laughs> I'm like, my body's like, we need this full gallon. Just keep going. You're keep just going. A, just a corpse. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was completely withering away.
1: <laughs> Archie, you want to revisit yours?
0: You want to revisit? I mean, I know you did the yoga thing.
1: What? What are we talking about? Your uh, hangover, uh, hangover cure. cure. Yoga. Oh uh, yeah. No, I'm done. <laughs> Step out, friends. no hangover cure alright well hey, Barrett,
0: guys this is awesome now we've got your hangover cure we can share and uh oh you got an empty glass because you knocked it over Cheers. Well, is an asshole cheers yeah, we, we're, we're bone dry every can every growler everything on this table we're getting gone we're holsters right now there's nothing <laughs> here <laughs> Yeah, there's not oh, much shit. left. Well, until kids. next time, folks. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for suffering through our best episode ever. <laughs> Jeez.